The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Setting the Record Straight, where various Christian Reconstructionist pastors seek to understand and dissect the issues that are plaguing the church today, from the pulpit to the pew. Welcome to another edition of Setting the Record Straight, a podcast of Reconstructionist Radio. I'm your host. My name is Jason Garwood. I am the lead pastor of Callwood Church in Carroll, Michigan. And uh, this episode is going to be very special for many reasons. Uh, The foremost reason, of course, is because um, my wife, Mary, of 10 years, is joining me this evening for a little bit of discussion. Say hello. Hello. Good. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm excited about this. We were talking a little bit earlier about this uh, episode. We're calling it Semper Reformanda, which is the Latin phrase, always reforming. And um, really, it's because I'm going to be preaching a message, um, similar, some similar stuff that we're going to talk about here in this episode. But I'm preaching a message this coming Sunday, New Year's Day. Um, the message called Semper Reformata. Um, the reason is twofold. One, because at this time of year and New Year's, many people um, put forth a whole lot of effort at self-reformation, um, whether that's commitment to exercise or dieting or their gym membership. Um, they they do plenty of things to try and even righteous things like try to read their Bible, but usually they end up stopping around Leviticus um, and they sometimes struggle to finish. Uh, So a lot of people try a lot of self-reformation things, and that's not, again, inherently bad, um, but that's really why I wanted to talk about this subject, is because not only is it the time of the year, um, it also marks today, I'm actually recording a couple days ahead of time, but today, when you're listening to this, is New Year's Day 2017. Now, to some of you, that means nothing, but for most of us Protestant Christians, we know that as the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. Um, this fall, October 31st, will be the 500th year when Martin Luther um, nailed his 95 Thesis to the church door in Wittenberg, Germany, when he uh, decided to reform some things, to say the least. And so this year is important for Protestant Christians and and I thought we could kick off the new year um, with uh, talking about that in this episode here uh, for setting the record straight. So um, I want to read a verse from 2 Timothy 2.15, and I grabbed my King James Version. It says this, Study to show thyself approved unto God, <clears throat> Excuse me, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Um, Paul tells Timothy to to show himself to be approved, to make a zealous effort to be approved to God, um, a workman, someone who's working and laboring and toiling for for God, someone who's not ashamed, but someone who rightly divides the word of truth, someone who actually the word usage there is who lays a clear path, um, a, a clear path of understanding the scriptures both as we. Um, read it and understand it, and also as we live in in light of it. So 
Semper Reformanda. The actual phrase, I don't know if you know this, this, knew this, honey, but it actually dates back to the early 17th century. The, fair, the, the full phrase is Ecclesia Reformata, Semper Reformanda, Segundum Verbi Dei. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a mouthful. That is the Latin, and it means the church reformed and always being reformed according to the word of God. So um, the point being is that not that the church just always, you know, changes to whatever cultural whim there is, but the church changes itself and postures itself in accordance to the scriptures as the word of God, the word of truth, the thing that, you know, is foundational to knowledge and everything else. So um, that's what the phrase means. It's it's the church being reformed, always being reformed. Reformanda, the, the Latin verb there is actually passive. So it means being reformed. Something's happening to the church in light of in light of truth. And so um, the the principle of no neutrality. You remember this? We mm-hmm. talked about this back in the politics and religion series I preached um, a couple months ago. Uh, there, there's no neutral ground in the universe. Either something's with Christ or against Christ. Um, there's no gray areas. Everything is either um, ethically tied to God or it's not, or it's, it's unrighteous or righteous sort of thing. And one of the things that is crucial to understanding um, this issue of Semper Reformanda is the issue of how the church relates to culture. And because there's no neutrality, oftentimes the church will be more influenced by the culture Mm -hmm. than the culture being influenced by the church. And I think that is where the struggle is. I think that's where the the rub is, because even in Reformation, there is um, a, a tendency for the church to try to reform itself, not according to the word of God, but according mm-hmm. to the whims of culture. So we were talking around, you were making dinner and we were chatting and, and uh, the kids were playing and we were talking about ways, like what are the ways the church needs to be reformed? What, what are some of the problems? And and this isn't, you know, just a complaint session. The church is Christ's bride. He died for her. He loves her. He's purifying her, and so we 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 came up with some critiques, but these are meant from from a position of 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 humility um because you know no one's perfect Christ's church will not be perfected until eternity um but we need to talk about these things we need to work through them and so you came up with a couple here, and what was the uh the first one we talked about um People coming for entertainment instead of worship of God and serving others. It's more me, me focused and inward rather than what can they, what can they give and, and do for the body. Right. So inevitably the, the, the church, instead of trying to honor God and it's in her worship, mm-hmm the church ends up sometimes saying, hey, we're here to just provide a service as if mm-hmm. the gospel is a service um, mm-hmm. to be consumed. And then you, you kind of go about your day. And I think that's a big one. Entertainment is something that our culture eats up 24-7. We carry it in our pockets. We have access to 
you know, YouTube, you name it, any social media, we have access to everything within a moment's notice. And so we're easily entertained. And yeah. that's a problem because now instead of the church being reformed according to the word of God, the church is being reformed to the whims of culture, which creates a lot of problems. Right. What was, uh, what was another one that you had talked about? We talked about so many of them. Well, I think, I think it goes along with the entertainment that a lot of, a lot of Christians coming in now, um, they, if they're coming expecting to be entertained and, um, to gain something from it, which you, you need to gain hearing the word of God and praying, praying right, and worshiping right. with other people. But um, I think that um, something that comes along with that kind of mindset is um, poor theology, a lack, a lack of caring to even know good theology. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. In, and I, I've, I've joked about this and, and, meeting new people and I even even <laughs> joked about it preaching but it, it's funny because no one will walk up to you and say hey what well, you know we're here because of you have a great kids ministry or right. or not that you shouldn't have that I'm not I'm not mm -hmm. saying that but so they'll list all these reasons that really aren't theological they're more they're more like practical or maybe even philosophical if you're lucky but so no one walks up and says, hey, can I see your confession of faith? I want to know what you believe. And I want to know what you think about God. What, you know, <laughs> what's your theology of, uh, you know, the hypostatic union? Do you believe Jesus is fully God, fully man? What, what's your view of the scriptures? And so no one ever really asks those questions, which is indicative of a problem, I think, that you observed. Mm -hmm. Poor poor. People just don't seem like it doesn't seem like people really are, are after sound doctrine. And if you look at the top selling books every year, <laughs> right. that tells you. Yeah, that leads into lack of discernment. Yeah, we did talk about that one, mm -hmm. which is a widespread problem. It's an issue. Mm -hmm. There's a lack of discernment, a lack of... Um, I guess there's almost a lack of, hey, what, what what does the scriptures actually say about this topic? Instead of me just embracing this new thing, like The Shack, apparently mm. that movie is going to come out now. Instead of embracing that, what does the scriptures actually teach? There's there's a, there's almost like a, a zero, I mean, there's zero discernment on that. Anything more you want to say on that topic? Yeah. <laughs> um. Another one that I came up with, and I think you had another one we'll come back to in a minute, but another thing that I came up with, where does the church need to be reforming to the word of God? I think one of it, one, it starts from, from the pulpits. Um, that's really what this show on this network is all about, from the, from the uh, pulpit to the pew. If we don't have pulpits that are teaching the whole counsel of God, then we have essentially anemic Christians. And I, I lament this all of the time because some of the stuff that passes for preaching these days, it's just it's just not good. Um, it, it's five steps to this and two steps to that, and th there's no hey, to open your Bible to Ezekiel and let's examine you know Ezekiel's prophetic discourse and how he engaged God's people with the scriptures and and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. 
So I, I because people want to be entertained. Because people want to be they entertained. Don't want to hear the theology. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So not only is there not any expository preaching, uh, it's always it tends to be ear tickling stuff mm-hmm. that makes people feel good and and you know I, I just think that it starts there preaching the whole counsel of God, being willing. And I ho- I heard Joel McDermott say this, and and I and I agree with him. He said not every sermon has to be an exposition of justification by faith alone, because Hebrews says, hey, we got to move past some of these foundational things and get onto some other things. And and if if you think the point of every sermon has to be justification by faith alone, a doctrine I wholeheartedly affirm, the Protestant Reformation is centered on that. But but don't think that that has to be the point of every sermon. Um, the gospel should be woven throughout all of your preaching, but the whole counsel of God means that we're going to address everything that the Bible addresses. And guess what? It addresses everything from, from the role of the state to, 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 to the issue of abortion. We're going to talk about that in a little bit and, and all these other issues. So we need to be preaching the whole counsel of God, which kind of ties into my next, my next thing. I, one of the ways I think the church needs to be reformed according to the word of God is, is how we, do and promote justice from the law of God. Malachi tells us to to do justice, um, to to be to seek after those things, and and uh, I think that's where we get confused because I I've heard a lot of sermons about social justice that are more Marxist oriented, that are more oriented in in this idea that the justice is only belongs to the state. Well, it does in terms of punishing evildoers, but as far as charity is concerned and taking care of people, that belongs to the family and the, and the church. Mm-hmm. And so what good does it do to rail about, we should be people of justice, and then you don't actually define it. And the only way you can define it is is in the law of God. And so we need to be after justice and properly defined justice, too. Um, you had another one, mm-hmm. hun, that you that we talked about earlier. Um, I believe it was, was it uh, biblical interpretation. It was, Oh yeah. Um, what were we saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe just um, people who oh. may be more scared of actually letting the word right. Shape them. And right. Them. So they, they go through and they pick what they want and they interpret it how they want. And and whatever they feel safe and comfortable with, they keep. And whatever they they have a fear of, they throw they throw away because they they don't want to maybe have to change or yeah. Perhaps the idea is so radical that they're unwilling to even consider. Wait, I shouldn't I shouldn't think this way, or I I shouldn't live this way, or or, or maybe what I grew up thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, isn't right. Yeah, I was always taught this, but maybe. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, personally, I experienced that in in Bible college and then on in seminary, where I grew up with this whole framework that now it's like completely obliterated. I really don't. Right. Like I, me too. Yeah, you had the same same story. So, I, I guess really that's kind of the underlining issue: is are we even willing to let the Word of God reform us to change us? To change not only what we think, our doctrine, but our life and how we live our lives, mm-hmm. whether that is 
your view of education and how you should be training your children and discipling your children or mm-hmm. how you should do business or what, whatever the issue is, we got to be willing to say, hey, the Bible says this. I'm not lined up with it and I need to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a big one. Yeah. Um, James says that we are to not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And I think that that verse is an absolute indictment upon what passes for basically the status quo of American evangelicalism, Mm -hmm. where feed me my sermon, Mm -hmm. make it pleasurable experience, right? And now I'm going to go on with my life. Right. And... Right, people people will come on Sunday or, you know, their community group, their life group, whatever they do during the week, and they treat that as enough rather than the gospel and Christianity is all-encompassing. It should encompass your entire life, everything you do, everything you say, everywhere you go. Um, yeah. But there's a great divide there. I, I feel like. Yeah. It's dualistic to throw a theological category on it. It's a very, you know, church is the thing I do over here, but everything else is over here. Right. And so, and and part of that's the church's fault because we haven't taught people, like, here's how you should think about this. Here's how you should think about this because this is what the word of God says. Right. Um, but we've been too busy entertaining people. All of these really tie together, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, a couple more things. One, when you think about our culture, back in 2012, I believe it was, I had this written down earlier, but I, I don't have it in front of me. Barack Obama, who was the president at the time, was seeking re reelection, and he announced that his campaign slogan would be forward. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about our culture and the pro- um, progressivist, <laughs> it's a heavy word there, progressivist mindset is, you know, we need to move forward. And, I, and I'm over here like, wh- where? Where are we going? What are we doing? Because so far, you, you've, you're you <laughs> trying to undo, basically, and uproot Christianity. Marriage means whatever it means now. Squares or circles. Four plus four is, you know, whatever you want. Um, mm. Bathrooms are now a problem. <laughs> it's like all these things are unraveled. Where, where's the forward going? That's the problem with pro- progressivism. It really has no plan. It just says, well, whatever that was, this Western Christian, you know, idea that needs to go away. And so I think that's the the problem is for Christians, we're not to be, uh, our slogan isn't forward, it's backward, back to the scriptures, right? We're supposed to go back to the Bible, back to the word and be transformed. And I kind of want to conclude this episode. We just have a couple minutes left talking about the issue of human abortion because when you talk about always reforming to the word and being doers of the word and not just hearers and especially when you seek justice it's messy and one of the Mm -hmm. things that 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 I've tried to do in my ministry and, and want to continue to do and connect with other abolitionists in Michigan and other places is say This is a holocaust of astronomical proportions, Mm -hmm. and it's happening while the church sits by, sipping on its coffee. I like coffee, don't get me wrong. But and and putting its feet up 
and the church basically ignoring it. And I agree with Francis Schaeffer. Every abortion clinic should have a sign that says, open by permission of the church. And when we think about getting our hands dirty, doing the hard thing, seeking justice, um, we need to love God and love neighbor. And it just so happens that our neighbors are being massacred in front of our eyes. And so when we talk about the anniversary of the Reformation, the Reformation brought about not only a clarity on the gospel, but it brought about Western civilization as we know it, laws and justice and 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 wholeness and, and all these other things all stem from people like Calvin and Beza and Luther and Knox and all of those guys who said the gospel is so important that not only does it change your heart, it changes your hands and it changes your minds. It gets you to work. It makes you do the right thing. It impacts culture. And so friends listening, um, Thanks for for joining us. Get your hands dirty. Be doers of the word. Reform yourself according to the word of God. And let's be people who are diligent at that. And so thanks for for joining me, babe. (laughs) You're welcome. Yes. It's not my thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. It was a lot of fun. So, hey, thanks, guys. And uh, Soli Deo Gloria. Make sure you get on Facebook. You can check out our discussion group. Drop some questions, comments, and whatnot. And uh, we love you all. Thanks for, for being with us. Thank you for listening to Setting the Record Straight. Join us on Facebook at the Reconstructionist Radio Discussion Group. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to listen to all of our podcasts and to download our free audiobooks. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.